Hey, welcome to the Irish NFL show. My name is Michael. Haven't slept in like, I don't know, 27, 29 hours. I don't even know anymore. Brian, Colin, Mark, boys, before I even say hello to you, hello to everybody watching, presented by Pundit Arena, but more importantly, have a look at this last night. Right. Colin, well done. Well done, Colin. Uh, even Jeff Reinbold and Tom Brady got it wrong at the side there. Mark, just starting off for yourself, man. Like, obviously, we'll just put you full screen here because everyone's watching. <laughs> you went against Tom Brady, even though you're a big Brady fan. I, for the first time ever, Mark's going to start the show off. Mark, what's what's the thoughts on that? What well, Michael, I said it on the show on when did we record it? Even this is the problem with sleep deprivation. Sunday morning, I said uh, the line from the Princess Bride. There are classic blunders. One of which is never bet against death with a Sicilian. The other is never bet against Tom Brady in a championship game. And then, like an idiot, like last week I said I'm going hard overhead, Brady over Breeze. This week I went head over heart. I actually thought, instead of just believing in Tom, and of course it wasn't Tom. It was all the Bucks. It was, and we'll get to it, obviously some questionable decisions by the pack. But, yeah, Brady, 10 Super Bowls, double Elway, double any other quarterback that's ever been in place. Love him or hate him, as many people do. You can't deny what he's done. Let's just look at the scores first, and then we'll talk about uh, Mr. I go to the Super Bowl 10 times, Brady. But uh, yeah, like 31-26 to the Bucks, Huge win, obviously. Always a big win in Lambeau. But to beat that Packers team after the last <laughs> few weeks, after Aaron Rodgers, what a win. What a win. And then... The Buffalo Bills, 38. <laughs> you wish. Wow. You wish it was 38. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to have him to back to bed yeah. in a second. <laughs> Colm, let's start off with that first game, uh, which was in Green Bay, which I will swiftly, while you're talking, edit that out and put it back in. But, um, yeah, what a win for the Bucks last night. Brady righting the wrongs of many's a year. Rodgers. One Super Bowl to his name doesn't seem happy. There's so much to take out of that game, isn't there? Last night, um, yeah, a really, a really interesting game. Um, like, I probably probably ended up being the more interesting of the two, really. Um, look, uh, unsurprisingly, weather wasn't a factor. Um, don't know why that was uh, a talking point during the week, it was ridiculous. Um, professional athletes don't, un unless it is ice bowl conditions, and it wasn't, but it was a lot colder than Tampa, but it, it didn't impact on them. Um, Brady, um I, like I suppose he the, the good and the bad um you know in terms of he look incredible leader first guy who's going to uh, a Super Bowl in three different decades uh first man to lead his team to Super Bowl in their home stadium you can go on and go on and go on um obviously look the the three picks off of the the downfield shots he was taking downfield shots all night uh, i think nine uh nine attempts um at passes over 20 yards the obviously the big one is the the one just before half time um and again proving that you have to go for it um when you are in the the playoffs playing conservative just um doesn't work but the, the Bucks were just brilliant, um, I felt. Uh, Fournette was fantastic. Um, he he was a, a, a real threat um, all evening. And what was it? Did anyone see that the next-gen stats that popped up at one point? Something ridiculous. Like, was it was it point zero point four percent Yeah, um, around what... Um, around what, whether he'd get the, the touchdown or not. Um, and the... Where, where to begin with their defense? <laughs> like Todd Bowles, take a bow because um, talk about people uh, around the league who talk about Ben not break. Two goal-to-go situations against Aaron Rodgers, um, and you hold you hold him. You for like he throws six incompletions. Um, they they were brilliant. Um, Shaq Barrett and JPP coming at uh, Rodgers from all angles. Sacks change games. I keep saying it. Um, I, I hear about edge rushers and oh, sacks aren't everything. Sacks change games. Um, the 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 Bills will talk about that later on as well. But look, sacks make a huge difference. Um, you get into a, a quarterback's um, 
knock them off their rhythm, get into their mind a little bit. Um, Shaq Barrett deserves to get to get paid, and uh, he will get paid this off season, I hope. Um, but um, they also finished without their two starting safeties. Uh, remember that. So they they have they showed up. I mean, yes, um, the the Packers were were missing people, but so too were the Bucks. Um, Devin White is phenomenal, and I am. Um, really looking forward to seeing um i suppose that matchup um to see how the the chiefs offense um fares up against them but really impressive um they went on the road um in order to get to the super bowl in their home stadium they had to win three road games they did win three road games and uh, i thought they were very very impressive um in the victory last night brian the fifth seed goes to the Super Bowl in a year where the Packers look so good. The Saints as well, albeit with Drew Brees, played very well. But the fifth seed goes to the Super Bowl on the NFC side. The first team to go to the Super Bowl who haven't won their division since 2010. We're going back 11 years, so it's quite a feat. Um, whilst the books are getting all the praise this morning, I think the Packers and some dubious play calling with our head coach and generally some Really strong parts of the game all season were left to be desired. Jesse, in terms of the offensive line, for example, like we touched on the fact that David Bacchieri got a season-ending injury only a few weeks ago. And up to that point, he'd only given up one sack per game for 11 games. And, you know, they didn't seem to uh, get um, too trouble last week against the Rams, but I think more so because of the fact that the Rams' defense last week wasn't good. Donovan was injured. But yesterday, the loss of their main player in their left tackle was clearly evident as you touched on there Shaq Barrett two two sacks JPP who in playoffs over the years for the, particularly for the Giants he turns up when it comes to playoff but he had two sacks why he had two forced fumbles but the whole momentum of the game coming towards the end of the half Packers got the ball just under two minutes to go and people said okay this is an opportunity for the Packers to drive down and potentially get a score for halftime and, and getting the ball at the start of the second half double whammy but they didn't they went very conservative and in the end it was the Bucks who obviously pull out that play which we've been down this road before you know they played a divisional game in Lambo where the Giants did the same thing and it completely changed the game and then the start of the second half again very conservative play calling and forced fumble great field, field position for the uh for the Bucks and they go in with a touch right with a touchdown but having rallied and got back into the game I still don't understand why they went for the two points so early. They weren't. There was plenty of time to go. They weren't chasing the game to a certain extent. Should have taken the point. And then that particular drive, which has been the, the conversation for majority of the American media today, was the one at the end. And again, I know Colin has touched on the fact that they got in to the uh, they got into the uh, the red zone and they, didn't, and they didn't score. But that one at the end, and there's one particular play which everyone's discussing today, and that's the Rogers play. And people are saying, "Geez, Rogers could have ran that in for a touchdown." Certainly could have went on and got to the one-yard line at least and, and gave themselves a very favourable fourth down opportunity. And to, in the press conference, Roger said, when they asked why he didn't run, he said, um, I was under the assumption I was getting all four plays. So he was quite surprised after he decided to elect and take the three points, take the field goal, and have an expectation that the defence was going to stop Tom Brady. And at that stage of the game, Brady did not have to be thrown the ball. He literally had to just use use the run game effectively to kill the clock. And after the game, the floor said, look, we had the, the two-minute warning, three timeouts. We felt our defense was strong enough to to uh, stop them. But the reality is you, you're, you're taking the, the game out of your hands. They really should have went for that fourth down. Because even if they did get the ball back, they still have to go down and score a touchdown and win the game, which was, at that stage was with very little time on the clock would have been a hard, hard uh, piece to get. Oh, I think we'll we'll come back to that third and fourth down plays in due course. But a um, few things to get out on this. Um, the hold, right? The hold that was called, the pass interference play that was called on the Bucks drive then after they gave the ball back to Brady. There's a lot being said about how can you call that after very much letting them play. Like, I mean, it was real playoff football. It was like, let them play, let them get on with it. I will say just this. One is... It was the most obvious pass interference play of all time. 
Let's be clear about this. When you've got someone by their T-shirt, a dragon out of it, and then take the time to switch hands and grab him with the other hand, just in case the back judge didn't see it, you should get called. At the same time, do I understand the degree of the frustration of Pakistan's? And they say, well, you haven't called that all game, so why call it now with two minutes to go? And honestly, if I'm a Bucks fan, my response to that is, well, we lost out more from holding calls because JPP and Shaq Barrett got held on just about every single second half play because the O-line couldn't deal with them. So, you know, guys, I get it. I get the frustration, but that hold did not change the game fundamentally because frankly what it came down to again and Packers fans you're not going to like to hear this is when it mattered big Aaron Rodgers came up small I said it on Sunday he does not come back in playoffs he doesn't have a history of doing that he's a fantastic quarterback he's my MVP this year Matt LaFleur was my coach of the year this year definitely they deserved it based on the regular season play but when it matters in championship games he has not performed we broke it down the first half of the San Francisco game last year. And this game was the opportunity for him to change that legacy. You know, he's down 18 points. He's down 28-10. Change your stars. He leads two touchdown drives. But when he has the ball and the opportunity to take the lead, they went three and out. And next drive, he gets it with the opportunity to take the lead. After three interceptions his defense got for him, he went three and out again. That is not championship play. That is not sufficient. He was two of 10 in goal to go, with the most efficient red zone offense ever seen since we were tracking these stats, with the most efficient team during the entire season, caught it out, 35 TDs, only 23 incompletions. And when it matters most, you throw eight incompletions in the game. It's just not good enough. And let's be honest about all of this. He also then came out with a few comments after the game, which quite frankly, if you care about leadership, if you care about being a leader of your team, you don't go and come out with stuff like this. And here's something we prepared earlier. Aaron, did you agree with the decision to kick it there on fourth down? Well, I didn't have a decision on that one. Um, yeah, that wasn't my decision. But I understand the thinking above two minutes with... Uh, all of our timeouts, but yeah, that wasn't my decision. Guys, he, no, but he gets worse than that because he then goes and tries to throw his coach under the bus to say, oh yeah, he called in a third down play. I changed the play, which I'm entitled to do. And the floor said, yeah, he's entitled to do that. And then he said, but I only changed it to that play because I thought I'd have four downs. So he's using it to excuse his activities on third down again. He's a very intelligent man. And that press conference and giving that response is all designed to put the blame on the floor. It's never Aaron Rodgers' fault. It's Brandon Bostick's fault. It's the defense's fault. It's the O-line's fault. How, as a quarterback, can you expect to gain the trust of your receivers, your running backs, your offensive line, and have them follow you next season when they know no matter what, it's never going to be his fault. He's never going to take responsibility. Favre wouldn't do it, Marino wouldn't do it, Manning wouldn't do it, Brady wouldn't do it. You can name any of the greats. Elway wouldn't do it. It's all about Rodgers, and it's not good enough. But I just say in his defense, it is very difficult when you've lost <clears throat> four championship games in a row. Albeit some number of years back, and he's probably got over him. You have to then go. I know he's not front of the media directly. It's all via video conferencing. They, these guys are on these calls within half an hour, 25 minutes of the game end. These guys, not just talking about just something in general. They need a little bit of time to decompress after the game when they've won or lost and have time to actually figure out what they're going to say properly. I wouldn't say he was challing on the bus. I think he looked like a guy who who knows, who recognises that he's getting to a stage in his career where he might get back to this game again and he's realised that is a big missed opportunity for the team, in my opinion. But Brian, that's the, that's the thing though. He doesn't say team in that. It wasn't my call. It wasn't my call. It's all about me. It's all about that someone else. Pulls for dramatic effect in the middle. He gets hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of press training for all of this stuff. They know how to manage it. They know how to deal with it, right? But he doesn't say, team decision, we lost. We didn't just lose on that play. We've all heard the, you know, the, the obvious lines. 
that quarterbacks come out with or coaches come out with in that scenario. It would have been the easiest thing in the world to just stick to the script, but he has to make it clear, it's not me. Blame Lafleur. I only have three things to say about this game. Uh, the first one, as a Broncos fan, is that Tom Brady shut me up last night. Fair play. The second thing is that Aaron Rodgers should be looking at the AFC and thinking, maybe I could take the Chiefs on because there's not much else there at the minute. Far Buffalo, of course, but we'll, we'll come back to that. And then finally, um, my friend's a bit annoyed high about the whole Reedy thing. I don't blame him, to be honest. Whoever suggested to Coach Belichick to me might want to challenge that. I got, got an earful. Or <laughs> <laughs> as, as one former player said today, yeah, when you're ever asked to go to the Patriots and turn free agency, they ask you, do you want to go play for Belichick or is it because you want to go play for Brady? It's because you want to go play with Brady. I think this is like, you know, right, hold on, hold on. Before we talk about the Chiefs game and before we bring any more in, uh, we have got a three hour pregame on the 7th of February. That's right, a three hour pregame. We've got content all week. We've got a breakfast show on the Saturday and Sunday. If you're going to be mad and wake up at 9 a.m. on Super Bowl Sunday, sorry, we didn't say Super Bowl because that's for legal reasons. Super Sunday, no Super Bowl talk, no blinded by the lights by the weekend we can't talk about that but there's a big game on that day and we'll talk about that big game without referencing the big game's name looking forward to that um what were we talking my, about because I, I had a really important point my, my, sorry colin michael can i make one more quick point um, and yeah, yeah. one thing one thing aaron Rodgers cannot affect is his defense and kevin king yesterday had an absolute stinker he was a fault for two touchdowns i agree you know, he's letting players run beyond them. Like, Scotty Miller, yeah, he's a fa he's fast and he, he's brought in the game specifically for that play at, at the end. But come on, you got to go with him. And then Mark's alluded to, to the pass interference. Yeah, it's a pass interference. And, of course, it's him who, who does it because he just could, he couldn't manage them. You know, every time <clears throat> every time they came near him, he was being exposed. And Alexander, who's been very good this season, also had an off day. So there was a lot of players on the Packers' defense, in particular the secondary, that just didn't do their jobs yesterday. And Aaron Rodgers can't. Do anything about that. Do your job, eh? I, I have two quick points to make, boys. The first one is this. I Tom firmly Brady believe that Tom Brady is destined to win the Super Bowl. I really do. And I think he sold his soul 40-odd years ago. Colm, this is my second point. Colm, as a fan of a team in the AFC that obviously has hated Brady for years and their biggest rival is the Chiefs, how are you feeling today? Because I can't give my opinion as a host of the show. What, what, what's what's your thoughts today? Obviously, it's like whenever it was like Liverpool or Man City for the league and you're a United fan. Um, I I made peace with, with Brady, especially this season. New Look, new state, new city, new team, same result. Um, I... You'd have and and one thing I want to say though, um, as well is an awful lot of people writing Belichick off. Do not write Bill Belichick off, same way you shouldn't write Tom, Tom Brady off. Um, I, I think that Brady has we all I, people got fed up of the Patriots and the success and the Patriots all the time, and um, it was I suppose there were, there were plenty of narratives out there, but he came to uh. Tampa, um, and he, he, you can't say obviously anymore that he's the system QB. So that that changes that makes it more interesting. I also think there's probably um, he he seems like the, yesterday when he went up to ask like you know can I talk to my kid there was no de de demand the guy's just going to his tenth Super Bowl but there was no demand he asked the security guard um, there you know it it seems to to me that um, you know it. The, the move has worked, I think, for for everyone. Um, well, certainly for for Brady and and, and Bruce Aarons, um, not so much. But I think it, it was done in in Foxborough anyway. Um, I, I think the fact that um, he has a, a head coach who is um, very different in the media, and I have all the respect in the world for Bill Belichick, but um, the media presence of those two coaches could not be more different, and that probably helps as well. Uh, and and the fact that um, it, like the the Bucks have been so 
bad for so long. Um, there was a, a piece that I, I read that came out last season about like uh, the Bucks' decade of decay. And um, so, so when you see a team kind of um, come back from that and, and really put the, the pieces in. And I, again, what I, what I think is interesting, I suppose, is the fact that it's the it's his first season there, um, and look look at what look at what they've done, and the fact that every time he has been questioned, he's found a way to answer those questions. You can't you can't not respect that. Seeing a few comments there as well, and thanks to Claire for the comments about Brady Mahomes. The real matchup is Arians against Reed. Look, Claire, thanks for the retweet as well. We we all appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, I agree with Colm. I'm not going to talk about this whole thing, but I, I have almost made my piece, even though half Colm at Broncos Twitter hasn't, but I have to at this point. Brian, have you one final point to make, or as I think one of you has one final point to make in this game before, before we move on, or what's the... Um, so, no, Brian, you go ahead. No, actually, one thing, we, one, one thing about the Rogers press conference we didn't actually uh, refer to was him questioning who's going to be there next year and who's not, including himself. So, look, I think... A sh- one of the biggest shocks if you were to see him be traded during the offseason and move on and they moved on to Justin Love but uh, it was interesting to see that he's already going to question who's there and who's not yeah, yeah Michael a couple of things I mean Roger's questioning that bear in mind Green Bay I think is about 25 million over the cap projected cap for next year at the moment so there's a few things they've got to resolve on their team going Mark, forward so Mark just, 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 just repeat that again Mark I think Green Bay's over twenty-five million over the projected cap next year as well. Okay. I don't. I don't know if that will come into play, but obviously, you know, Rogers again, like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. It's it would be incredible. fair. What? It would be incredible if you done what Brady done, but 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 vice versa. But the other way around, yeah. No, you, yeah, because right. Brady's won as many NFC championships, Mark, as as Aaron Rodgers had. Well, I was gonna I was gonna say uh, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Rex Grossman, and Nick Foles, as well as Tom Brady, have all won the exact same amount of NFC championships. <laughs> so, um, illustrious uh, illustrious grouping there, to be to be honest. Um, the, this Mr. Rogers, actually, that comment's really good. We were talking, we mentioned it on Sunday. Look at the young quarterbacks in arms. They're in the AFC. Actually, NFC seems like a safer home these days. Um, and Green Bay does seem to have that division generally on ice. The last point I was just going to say, it's not just Broncos fans. Patriots fans are still trying to figure out how to deal with Brady now going to the Bucks and having this success. Because it's like it is like your ex-wife. In many ways, and there's this lingering love and affection for her. But you know, do you really want to see her with a hunkier, sexier, smarter, faster man? You know, I mean, he even brought Gronk, he even brought the family dog over to Tampa Bay as well. That lovable little Labrador. It's, I would go as far, Mark, as saying Edelman will be there next year. I would, <laughs> I'm actually petrified that you're right on that, Michael. But Scotty Miller is a younger, quicker, faster version, so I don't think so, if I'm being honest. Um, but I will end with one stat, and you can come out with all of them for Brady. He's won twice as many playoff games as any quarterback, he's won, you know, now going to, uh, twice as many Super Bowls as anybody. He does actually comes up big in the big moments when they need to, when they need that play. He's the person you'll put your trust in. But playing away from home wasn't something he did very much of when he was in New England, and we alluded to it. I think it's the 85 Patriots, 2007 Giants, 2005 Steelers, and the 2010 Packers, incidentally, who won three games away from home to get to the Super Bowl. Brady is actually 7-0 and away from home in the playoffs, as long as he's not either playing in Denver or against Peyton Manning. <laughs> let's, uh, let's jump on this next game. Um, obviously, a reminder that we are killing ourselves on a daily basis for this broadcast uh, Sunday week. Please tune in. It'll be it'll be it'll be better than the late, late toy show. All right, it'll be here. Uh, I I agree, but Claire, I, I think Claire, the half the half of New England will be in Tampa Bay anyway. Come next Sunday, um, I got some boys. I got the score right the second time, just in case anyone was wondering what was going on in that circle. The Bills, um, yeah. The Bills got beat by the Chiefs. Uh, incredible for Mahomes' column to beat the MVP and Josh Allen in the AFC Championship game. 
Um, if, if, if only it was incredible, Mahomes is ridiculous and the Chiefs are ridiculous and uh, you've run out of superlatives about him and Andy Reid. Um, he's thrown 17 touchdown passes in the, in the postseason. He's two interceptions. Um, Travis Kelsey set uh, a new record with 13 catches. Tyreek Hill had 170-something-odd yards. They really could do what they wanted. Um, they, they, you know, basically they, they, they it, it seemed like the Bills had been really good all season at, at preventing big explosive plays. Um, and then last night, um, the the Chiefs would kind of uh, dink it under and then find a way to, to be explosive. Um, in turn, what it, what was interesting um, was obviously there was the, the muff uh, punt early on. Um, and, uh, what, uh, what was said, um, afterwards, um, you know, maybe, maybe it's, uh, you know, a little bit of, um, history after the fact, but it was, uh, Honey Badger said that Mahomes deliberately sought out Hardman for the touchdown pass, uh, in order to get his confidence back up and that that's the kind of leader that he is. Um, now if that is the case, that is just phenomenal this is a guy um you know he he, he's he's brady setting all the records and mahomes is coming up behind setting them at a a younger age so um he he was great and their defense were you know they shut stefan Diggs down um particularly early on i think he had two catches in the in the first half um so they took away um, the the bills uh, weapons and um, you know they I think the the bills were was it five of fourteen on third down when you you know when all season they that had been one of their strong points and and being able to to do that so they took away what the bills were were particularly good at it it was um, a performance where they really stamped their authority. Um, a little bit of, of silly stuff, obviously, towards the, the end. Um, and they have lost Fisher, which is a huge, huge loss uh, for, for the Super Bowl. Um, but it's set up to be an absolutely fantastic game in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I was very confident about the Chiefs. <clears throat> I read a couple of comments this morning, people saying, there's a narrative that the Chiefs wouldn't be ready for this playoff game because they were winning games closely throughout the year. But Mark made a very good point yesterday that they're become a very dogged team when they need to be in terms of digging out these wins. And I touched on yesterday, and I've been saying it for weeks, that this Chiefs defense hasn't been getting the credit it deserves. Spags dialed up blitzes all night long. Josh Allen was sacked for negative yards of 15 to 20 yards at a time. He just didn't understand the fact to just get rid of the ball when it needs to be get rid of. And Mahomes, for a guy who was supposed to be playing with an injured toe, he said, yes, you take a, pa- a patch of Mahomes with 70% fitness over most quarterbacks in this league. He just looked like he was in control for the whole game. And whilst they went down 9-0, nine, nine and I think, Michael, a couple of weeks ago, you said it'd be interesting to have the Chiefs react if they get themselves in a negative position. They were fine about it. They were calm. Never got. And again, a touchdown that potentially they gave away because of a, a, a muff punt. So... You could, you could argue that that touchdown really doesn't, again, reflect the score in the end. But they were so much in control. Tory Hill had 176 yards in the, in terms of catches and yards thereafter. And one particular great one of 78 yards. It just looked, they were, to me, they were, of the two games, they looked the more impressive one. And was, everybody's praising the books today because of what a great win it was for them. I think they're up against it coming into this game in the Super Bowl. I think the Chiefs have a real chance. I, I, to, the, there's a free R pregame. Um, just, there's a free R pre uh, again. Just, just, gonna, saying, just saying, they have the, it's going to be a very different Brian's picks. No, oh, hold on, hold on. Brian, Brian's right picks. Now. Hold on, hold on, boys. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a look. Uh, to be <laughs> fair now, to be fair now, like you know, you know, like look, I'm sure. Oh, we'll say not back again. Just, uh, so look to the point. They were very impressive. You know, for a t- for a team that were supposed to really give them their biggest test of the season, it never materialised. Josh Allen and the Bills looked to me like a team that was similar to the Chiefs three or four years ago, just needed the the next step to get towards the Super Bowl. They are going in the right direction, but they're still a good bit behind the Chiefs. 
Um, yeah, Brian, that's, I suppose, you know, your, your pick's going to be clear, but, um, <laughs> you know, a few minutes into this game, muff punt, nine zip, tables everywhere in Buffalo were starting to get scared. And on commentary, Tony Romo and Jim Nance, having a little bit of bands with each other, kind of said, yeah, but remember last year, the Chiefs were behind by double digits in every single playoff game and came back to win, including down by double digits in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. And you kind of go, yeah. And um, I think Claire just put up a comment as well. It's like, you know, being down nine points, you weren't fearful for the Chiefs. I was looking at it going, yeah, I'm not actually worried that they're going to lose this. End of the fourth quarter, they're down 9-0. By the end of the third quarter, two quarters of actual play, they're up 31-15. Like, that's how much they can turn it on. 31 points and effectively a half of football. Um we lose it. I said on Sunday, speed kills. McCole Hardman, 50-yarder in the round. Tyreek Hill, that 71-yarder where he just took an eight-yard slant and then looked like he was on Madden on 99 ranking, for example, on speed. Um, that's what they can do. They just turn it on, and there was too many weapons. And in fairness, the Bills on offense, they, they didn't excite me the way they have so many times during the rest of the season. We said they've got a gap in their running game. And it played up. Spagnola played to, you know, take away as much as he could from Josh Allen on the easy throws and take away his deep shots. He knows he likes going for and make it difficult. It succeeded. You know, when you get to the end of the third quarter and all Allen has led them to is actually three field goals, considering the touchdown was like from three yards out, um, you know it's been an effective defensive game plan and you know that's not enough to live with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs and the way they can play offense. Um, Michael, you said at the start, it was a letdown almost in comparison to the NFC Championship game because there was that tension, there was that to and throw, there was that real storytelling. I mean, after even at half time, I just felt like it wasn't in doubt for the Chiefs. Um, and third quarter, obviously, they put on some extra scores, they got a touchdown to start of the fourth quarter. Um, the handbags at the end, um, Bit Fine. disappointing and frustrating, um, but you know you can understand the anger on both more well, on the Bills side anyway. But um, yeah, it was efficient, and I'm not giving away my pick. But Brian is right; the Kansas City Chiefs are a seriously impressive unit, and they will give any team in the NFL a serious going over. So by all means, they are, I would say, the presumptive favorites. They're certainly the favorites with the bookies. So what do you say? What surprised me was they were only their only favourites by three points in the bookies. What surprises me are, are you two boys. I feel like Tom Brady could play <laughs> with a sack of beanbags and still score about 30 or 40 points in the Super Bowl. But I think this, like, I will go as far as saying three quarters of that Green Bay game last night was borderline classic stuff, like reeling in the years territory, right? Even just generally. I think the Super Bowl is going to be 10 out of 10. I really do. Forget about, like, you know, this could be the last, I say this every year now, this could be the last time you see really um, he'd be playing whenever I've got four kids um, in the Super Bowl. But I'm going to just jump on what Brian said. Um, I genuinely, like, I'll, I'll be the first. I mean, geez, like, like, look at this yesterday. I, to this point, you know, got Josh Allen on my board. I still, I, I genuinely thought, that the Bills were going to go to the Super Bowl. We, we, we've had Jim Kelly on. It's been a great year. The Bills have played some great football. Brilliant to watch as well throughout the uh, regular season. And even in the, I think even, they actually surprised me a little bit when they were going up against like the Ravens and the Colts as well, how good they were going forward. And the fact that he wasn't afraid to throw the ball, Josh Allen, so much. Um, yeah, for a part of last night, it looked fantastic. And then it just went to crap altogether. Uh, but I would agree with what Brian said. They're on the right track. And ironically, in January 2019, this guy in the AFC Championship game, uh, AFC Championship game uh, threw the ball for like 290 yards, three touchdowns, had a very good passer rating, and quite a similar passer rating to what Josh Allen had last night, albeit a few points less. If Josh Allen keeps getting better, boys, I think it's going to be Chiefs, Bills, and the AFC for a considerable amount of time going forward. And as a fan of a team in the AFC, it kills me to say it, but I don't think the Bills are that far off, boys. If they regroup, get back together again, they've got a solid quarter. They have what it takes. But I think to say that the Chiefs are going into this game as heavy favorites would be a like I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it. I think 
honestly, Brady will. I think Brady will relish this because the only like think about this: who has everything to lose here going into this game? Look, there, there will we, we as Michael, as you said, we have a three-hour um, show. There will be plenty of, of we do. stories we to, do. To, talk, to talk about. Um, you know, there, there's plenty to to cover in that. Um, I, I think, yeah, kudos to the the Bills on um, an outstanding season. Um, nobody, um, you know, uh, around the league, I think, expected them to get to the championship game. Um, we all expected a jump, um, but the, they they were really excellent. And Josh Allen is improving. Uh, what he needs to do now is, um, as Brian said, stop taking um, the the silly sacks. Um, Fifty three yards it cost them last night. Yeah. Um, but look, he has improved every single year in the league. Um, he's a guy who who's clearly um, kind of got that type A personality that he is going to go away in the offseason. He is going to, to do more homework, and I no doubt he'll come back. Um, they look like a, also a, a franchise that put a lot of work into identifying what their needs are. So I, I think that the Bills will, will be back, um, but they ran up against a, a Chiefs side that are... Um, just fantastic and I think have been almost underestimated in in many ways um th- this year and I I think it's it is going to be a, a really intriguing Super Bowl yeah Michael I mean go back to the star of the playoffs and you actually weigh up the various quarterbacks and who had the most to prove like you know go back to Washington Taylor Henneke had to prove he actually existed and wasn't just a made-up person um Lamar Jackson had to prove he could win a playoff game, which he succeeded. Josh Allen, you can win in the playoffs and you can bring your team there. He's won two games. He, you know, brought his team to the AFC Championship game. Um, Aaron Rodgers, you have to prove that you can bring your team to another soup. Oh, yeah, maybe we'll skip that one. Um, Tom Brady, that you can win without Bill Belichick. He's proved that. For the most part, people have stepped up. But one of the biggest leaps, fully agree, is Josh Allen this whole season. Called it on Sunday. Week six and seven, thought he was going back to the old Josh Allen. Two losses in a row. It's all just been a mirage to begin with, but they've taken it to a new level, and the Bills are serious contenders for years to come. But it's a loaded AFC. Trevor Lawrence is coming to the Jags. It's going to be awesome, lads. The London Jaguars. Can I just make the point that yesterday morning when we were discussing the preview of the Bills at the Chiefs game, I said that week six game, the Chiefs managed uh, Josh Allen to 122 yards. The Chiefs have played the books this season. Um, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving weekend, 27-24. If you look at that score and go, oh, my God, that must have been a really close game. Genie Mac, the books have a really good opportunity to win this game. The reality is they were 7-0 down at the end of the first quarter. They were 27-10 down at the end of the third quarter. They got two very late touchdowns to make the score look very kind of close than the game actually was. So the Chiefs, you know, the Chiefs know what, what's, what's ahead of them. Um, and I suppose the books know what's ahead of them too. But um, in that particular game, Terry, uh, Terry Kill had two touchdowns and 150 yards by the end of the first quarter. So, look, it makes for a great Super Bowl. It does indeed. Uh, just before we go, gentlemen, we have a couple more things to talk about. Um, obviously, that time of the year when you have coaches leaving, quarterbacks agreeing to go somewhere else or agreeing to go away. Matthew Stafford is leaving Detroit. I am um, after a long tenure in Detroit. Um, he is leaving Detroit, and I love that my editing skills can't make that a full screen. But sure, luck will say nothing. Uh, Colin M- Matthew Stafford. Uh, where will he go and why? Um, well, Peter King had a, a really interesting um, piece in um, the in his column the, this morning ab- about where um, Stafford may may go, um, and there are quite a few teams who um, could potentially um, take a, a you know a, a chance on him. Um, he it depends, I suppose, what the Lions are are going to want. It, People to, to give up um, and how how much longer you think he has in the league. He, he certainly has taken plenty of punishment. Um, the, the Lions haven't done a whole lot to, to really protect him o- over the years. Um, 
the the talk um or, or certainly there, there there was talk at one point, uh, which I think uh, Mark uh, nearly came through the screen earlier in the, the season, uh, where the Patriots, there was supposed to be interest. This was ever before, um, you know, he, he requested a trade. So is, is that something that, um, you know, might be looked at? They, certainly they have to do something at, at QB and um, they've got the... Um, the salary cap situation in hand now, um, so it, it, they they could potentially look at it. Um, Washington, that's uh, an, another who um, who might, and obviously the the Colts could could be um, an, another team because the the Colts need need to do something now. The talk is the the Colts will are happy to kind of go to the draft if necessary, and when you've got Frank Reich. You can understand why, because he he just can can work magic. Um, the Broncos are an, another who 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 may um, look at it. You can shake your head all all you want. I'm not saying I'm, um, that I'd want him, but the the the, the Peter Peter King um, was saying that that he thinks that um, you know they they they'll likely pick up the the phone. Where so it's it's in like. The, this is a really interesting, um, obviously, off-season because you got the Watson stuff going on and talk again yesterday. It doesn't matter who comes in at the Texans. Um, Watson wants out. Um, Stafford obviously deciding that um, he he wants out. Um, and you've got all the, the head coach changes as, as well. So I at this point, I don't think there's a favorite for, for Stafford. Um Going by the fact that you shaking your head and Mark shaking his head, um, you know, it it, it seems like um, there, you know, a lot of franchises, um, their fan bases don't seem to want Matt Stafford. Um, two things on the match on the Matt Stafford situation. One, whilst the deal may have been agreed internally between him, his agent, the general manager, to move him on, why the Lions have seen the need? in the middle of January when the season's still on, to declare it publicly is a mystery to me because the bargaining power is literally swayed over to the team that are trying to get him. It just makes no sense to me. Um, the team who I actually think will go from and make a strong push, and this might shock you, is the Saints. I think the offense in which they play suits Stafford. He's still got a deep ball. That's what's been lacking for the Saints for quite a large part of the season. The, uh, Peyton wants to play an aggressive offense. We've seen with the Lions over the past few years, whoever the head coach has been, that's the style that Stafford wants. We've seen in games where they've been down by a touchdown with a minute to go and he's managed to get them down the field. So he's the type of quarterback that would suit what the Saints want to do. And I don't think it's against the Lions' possibility that he'll end up with the Saints. And I do think he's actually a lot better than some of you guys here are giving him credit for. Brian, Brian, you think you might go to the Saints? Yeah. I'm just talking so I can get these memes up. Uh, <laughs> honestly, in, in, in all, I, I think that would be stunning if you went to the Saints. Stunning. Well, I think the Saints in a situation there where they actually could get him. Will you go away with the Rodgers? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> the... Somebody has made that. He came out last night, and we just played the video earlier on. He came out last night and basically said, yeah, cast... uh, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Cast your mind back to April last year. What did the Packers do in the first round of the playoffs? Or the first round of the playoffs? <laughs> what did the Packers do in the first round of the draft? They traded up to get you Jordan Love, actually. They did indeed. And do you think, think Rodgers loved that, Brian? Well, upon reflection, he's probably looking at the game last night saying, if we only we had to use that first round pick on a good a good cornerback or a good safety, that could have helped us. In the I thought you were going to say, if, if, I, I thought you were going to say, if, if only if, you brought him in. <laughs> if there's a miracle and Rogers does get moved, he's getting moved to the AFC because but nine times out of ten, a player and he started with Brady, he went to the NFC. They'll get you out of conference. Never mind getting you out of division. You're going out of conference. So Rogers mm. to the Colts. So Rogers to the Colts. You you're <laughs> the Colts, but I, I think Brian's reading my mind because actually I see a connection there potentially at the Saints as well. The Saints are picking low in the first round. The Lions are saying they want a first round pick for this. Um for for Stafford in relation to it. He's only 33, and his most successful season was with Jim Bob Cooter as offensive coordinator. And you look at stylistically what Peyton has in place. 
there are a lot of similarities and there are a lot of actually parallels in between that. Peyton is a quarterback whisperer, but he's had Drew Brees. So how much of that is Brees and how much of that is Peyton? Isn't that a better conversation than Belichick and Brady? Brees or Peyton, who is more responsible for the offensive success? Come on. Um, but, um, yeah, I, look, it's it's amazing. We were talking about Watson a couple of times because, hey, how often is it that a quarterback in their prime is available like this? Stafford's a little bit beyond his prime. He's not as young as Watson, but he is a very serviceable quarterback. The reason I was shaking my head so vociferously at the Patriots is I don't think he suits the offensive style of play, um, the Belichick and McDaniel's call. And secondly, Michael, and you put it up with the two things you put on screen, he has never led a team actually to a victory in the playoffs. He has never been in a team away from home that's over 500 at all. Um, and frankly, I want another winner for the Patriots, to be honest with you. I want to draw off someone like Mac Jones. I want to time's done. And I want to hopefully... The Patriots time is done, Mark. You've had your 20 years. Like, you've had your 20 years. You, you, I think you can wait at least 15. Um, yeah. Another one, uh, words for getting into speculation mode. Um, <clears throat> free agency would be great when we get together <laughs> come March. But um, Jimmy G back to the Patriots and and Stafford to the 49ers. I wouldn't, I, again, I wouldn't dismiss that as a potential move on both sides. That, Mark's a bit more receptive to that one as well. You, so. <laughs> uh, I just don't see the... the of all the teams, of all 32 teams, the team in the most cap hell is the Saints. Um, they are. They have to figure out what they are, are going to do because it is a nightmare for them. Um, they are way, way over um, what where, where they likely need to be because we don't even know exactly what the figure for, for next season is going to be. Um, and the, the talk is that it will potentially be lower in around the 175. Um, if, it, if it had been the what was projected initially, the 195, the Saints would still be way over it. So any cut to that is a disaster for them. I, I just can't see how they would make um, that work. I mean, I think you're going to have... a, a That's what makes this offseason so interesting. I think you'll have plenty of vultures um, circling um, the yes, <laughs> circling the the Saints, looking to see what they can can pick off um, because they they're going to have to to make some serious cuts there. Yeah, our, it's, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. Our general manager Colin Crown has to go and ruin it first. <laughs> um, Seeing Clara there with a comments, yeah, typically, typically greedy pass-ons. If you don't follow Claire on Twitter, you should follow her because she, she does giveaways. I think like every week. You should probably check out Claire's account and our account this weekend. Might be a giveaway. Um, I think I've gave that away. <laughs> Have we any final points to make before I go to sleep, boys? I am I am just... <laughs> any final points? Um just this, Michael, we said it before the championship games. We had two great championship games, and yes, the first one was a barnstormer, a stormer, and the second one, you know, the Bills weren't really as in it as you would have liked, but the Chiefs pulled out some amazing football, and it was great to see. I mean, just even the Hardman and the Hill plays in themselves were fantastic. And my God, do we have a great Super Bowl ahead, passing in the torch, young versus old, you know. Um, some dubious characters, Antonio Brown, Tyreek Hill, some solid characters, you know, Mike Evans, uh, Travis Kelsey, etc. Um, Storylines to beat the band. Two amazing teams. Can't wait. Two weeks is going to fly by. But the biggest news, boys, there's no Pro Bowl this weekend. We're done. We're done. There's, there's no Pro Bowl. Hallelujah. Yeah, I don't think I don't think anybody will miss that. One of the, the what's not going to the fact that Brady and Mahomes are going to get all the attention these defenses are serious and um you've got some some um some guys who play um angry as uh, as Jeff Reinball said on both of these defenses so um for you know we 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 have lots to discuss the the fact is that the the bucks have a serious pass rush um and that is uh, something that um you know it will make will make it interesting there's right. one person. There's one person who's even happier today than the Chiefs and the Bucks fans, and that's Roger Goodell because he got a lot of stick. Free agency drafts. Will the season go ahead? Games been played on different days. He's now looking at this going, "What a story! What a fairy tale!" 
Bucks going to their own stadium. Mahomes is back. Storyline of Brady against um, Mahomes and all the other components that come with all that. Uh, yeah, he's going to be one happy pamper. He is indeed. And obviously Tampa Bay going to the Super Bowl in their home seat. The first team to do so. Goodell, as I said earlier on, must be laughing in a good way. One less team traveling. Ding, 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 ding in the current situation. Fair play to him. And home advantage. Kansas City aren't flying out until the day before. But sure, we'll talk about that on our three-hour event, our three-hour pre-game show. Yeah, three hours long. Uh, we have got shows from this Sunday all the way to Super Bowl Sunday. We're live every night. We're not live. Well, maybe live, but pre-recorded, but live. Nine o'clock <laughs> every night uh, until Super Bowl. Sorry, Super Sunday for copyright reasons. Uh, two breakfast shows, Saturday 9 a.m., Sunday 9 a.m., <laughs> going to be funny seeing all these boys first thing in the morning but until then we'll be back on thursday with the show and then it all starts uh super sunday week we haven't really thought of a name for the week yet but it all starts next sunday at 9 p.m with a special guest boys thanks for your time uh have a good night and yeah see you later. get some sleep get some sleep Take have a good one boys. see you later <laughs> whoever suggested to coach belichick to me might want to challenge